Amen. Well, it's a privilege to be with you this morning. And we appreciate Pastor Chad and giving us the invitation. And uh, appreciate the Lord keeping us safe as we travel. And it's good to see you. Good to see uh, the house of God. Um, several in the house of God this morning. Appreciate that. Turn with us to Psalm 84, if you will. Psalm 84. And we're going to talk a little bit this morning about the house of God. Ain't you thankful for God's house? Amen. Amen. Psalm 84. And I've got my wife with me. And I know uh, many of you heard or was told I was from Vilas. That's where I'm from. That's where I grew up over in Watauga County up Vanderpool. If you know where that is, close to the Tennessee line. And then my wife, she's from Burnsville. And uh, just a couple counties down. And that's where we live now on Possum Trot Road. Amen. Uh, you know you back off in the middle of nowhere when you live on Possum Trot Road. And that's where we live. And I told the brother I was obedient to the Bible. I left my father and mother and I cleaved to my wife. Amen. So we in Burnsville and I uh, got my son, my three-year-old. He's fixed to turn four, Silas, and my little girl, Savannah. And we thank the Lord for his blessings. And it is good to be with you. All right, if you would please stand with us as we read the Word of God. going to read this whole psalm, not very lengthy, 12 verses, and then we'll give you the thought the Lord has for this morning. How amiable are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts! My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. Yea, the sparrow hath found an house, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young. Even thine altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are they that dwell in thy house. They will be still praising thee, Selah. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee and whose heart are the ways of them. Who passing through the valley of, who, who passing through the valley of Baca make it a well, the rain also filleth the pools. They go from strength to strength, every one of them in Zion appeareth before God. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer, give ear, O God of Jacob, Selah. Behold, O God, our strength, and look upon the face of thine anointed. For a day in thy courts, this famous verse, for a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusteth in thee. Father, thank you for the privilege to be here at the house of God. We thank you for Pastor Chad and for the invitation that he's given us uh, to be here. Pray that you'd keep him safe as he travels home. And Lord, we pray for this church and these people. Pray for the work that you have for them in this community. Lord, that they could win souls, see sinners saved. Lord, their families saved. And this church be increased. Now, Father, we pray for a little while that you'd help us to preach to the hearts. Lord, we know that your word is able to accomplish the needs that are here. Pray that the Spirit of God would touch our lips of clay, that he would move upon the hearts of your people, and that he would give what is needed this morning. Thank you for keeping us safe in our travels. Help us for just a little while. Give us that liberty that we desire. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You be seated. 
I want to talk to you this morning, preach to you about the preciousness of the house of God or God's house. The preciousness of God's house. Psalm 84, the psalm that we're preaching out of, it's been referred to as the pearl of psalms. The heading tells us that it is a psalm to the chief musicians upon Giddeth, a psalm for the sons of Korah. And the main intention in this psalm is to express this, that where God is, is where He wants to be. Where God is, is where He wants to be. I'm preaching on this thought, God's doorkeeper. Now every verse of Psalm 84 in some manner, it's consisting of praise toward God. It's believed by most to be a psalm of David. But I'm particularly interested in the declaration the psalmist makes in the middle of his praising in verse 10 when he said this in verse 10, I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. I wonder this morning, is there anything more precious to you than God's house, than God's people, than the Word of God, than being here where uh, we're gathered this morning. Now quickly, I want to get to verse 10. That's where we want to get to. But quickly, let's look at David's praising God for the house of God in in the first nine verses. Because these first nine verses and David's praise for the house of God, that's really what's going to set the spotlight on verse 10. Now first off in verse 1, we're going to look at them quickly. In verse 1 we see the place that is dear to him. Look at it. How amiable are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts. How amiable are thy tabernacles. This is the place that is dear to him. Now the house of God is just simply where God dwells. It's where God's presence is. We know that God's presence is among his people. When the children of Israel passed through the Red Sea and they came there into the wilderness, God's presence was with them. There was that cloud of day by night, or by a cloud of Uh, by day and a pillar of fire by night that followed them and God was with his people and then there was the uh, erecting of the temples and God dwelled among his people there in the temples and now God dwells among his people uh, through the church through the house of God and first off what we see and we're going to apply this is the place that is dear to him he says how amiable are thy tabernacles O Lord of hosts That word amiable, it just simply means lovely. It is to say what the psalmist, what David is saying is how lovely are thy tabernacles. He uses the word amiable to express his love for the place where God is known to dwell. The house of God is to him a lovely place. I don't know about you, but before I got saved, I didn't care nothing about the house of God. Sure, I went because mom took me. Sure, I went because it's 
the right thing to do but as far as the house of God that's the only concern I had in it was it was right it was where I was raised it's where I was uh, known it was good place to be but I didn't care for the people of God for the church of God for the things of God and especially for the house of God it was the furthest thing on my mind all I had was a little bit of religion but what David is saying is is when when we come to know God and come to know the presence of God how amiable is his tabernacle how amiable how lovely is God's dwelling place he says how amiable are thy tabernacles O Lord of hosts not only is the house of God a lovely place it's a place filled with God's presence you ain't gonna go out here in the world and find God's presence the world doesn't know God you ain't gonna pull up to a bar stool and find God's presence you ain't going to go into some shopping center and, and I understand that he's always present in us and with us but I'm talking about that manifested presence at that place where God chooses to dwell and not only is it a lovely place it's a place filled with God's presence look in verse 2 he said my soul longeth yea even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. We understand the tabernacle was made in this day of the inner courts and the outer courts and what this tells us, what David is saying when he said, my soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. What David was saying was he loved every portion of what made up the tabernacle. Everything about the house of God he loved. About uh, He loved the smell when he walked in. Uh, he he loved the, the, the atmosphere of the house of God. He loved to be there. He loved every portion. He loved the people that made it up. Just everything about the house of God he loved. He loved, it. He loved every portion that made it up because every portion that made up the house of God had a purpose in God's presence dwelling among them. Just like this altar. It has a purpose in God's presence dwelling among it. It's a place of sacrifice and worship. It's a place that we come uh, to God and we bow before Him and we offer worship up. We offer sacrifice. We pray. It's where sinners get saved. It's just like this pulpit that I'm standing behind this morning. It's where the, it's where it's, it's where the Word of God can be lifted up and exalted and raised. It's like these pews where you're sitting, where your families are, your children, your young ones. Every portion of the house of God has a purpose and David saying I love it all I love it all he said my soul longeth ETH on the end of the word that's a continual sense when the ETH is on the end of the word it makes it a continual sense he said my soul longeth that means my soul continues to long for the house of God it longs for it on Monday. It longs for it on Tuesday. And then we get to show up on Wednesday and then Thursday and Friday and Saturday. All I look forward to is being at the house of God. He said, my soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. The courts of the Lord carries this meaning. A settled abode. The psalmist is saying, I longeth to be in God's abode. I long to be in God's abode. He said, yea, even fainteth. That word fainteth means to be consumed. He said, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. He longs to be consumed in God's abode. He longs to be consumed in God's dwelling place. He longs to be consumed in God's presence. 
I'm afraid what we've got nowadays is a bunch of halfway Christians. <laughs> they want the house of God when it's convenient for them. But there's no deep desire for the house of God. That deep longing to see sinners saved, to hear the word, to see their families get help. Anyone that's ever truly been saved longs to be in the presence of God more than anything else. They long to be consumed where His presence is known to dwell. So we, we, see, uh, his, we see the place, we see the purpose, the presence, but then we see His plea. He said, my heart, my heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. His plea. Not only does his soul long for God's presence, his heart and flesh crieth out for God's presence. He desires not only to be in the presence of God, he desires to be filled himself with the presence of God. He said, my, my heart and my flesh crieth out for the living of for the." living God. You see sinners can come in, they can come in the house of God and be amongst the people of God and they can be uh, amongst God's presence. But it's another thing to be filled with the presence of God. And to have that you got to have the spirit of God. So he not only long he not only wants to be physically in the presence of God, he wants to be filled with the presence. He wants to be in fellowship with God in the house of God. See, we can come in the house of God. We can come in God's presence physically. That's where we're at right now. But it's another thing to be filled with His presence. It's another thing to come to the house of God and be in fellowship with God. I don't want to just come to the house of God and be here. I want to come to the house of God and I want to be in fellowship with Him. David said, My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. So we see his plea. Then in verse 3 we see his passion. Yea, the sparrow hath found a house, the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young, even thine altars, O Lord of hosts. My, he said that altars, even, my, even thine altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. We see his passion. His passion to be where God is. It was so strong that he envied the sparrow and the swallow whose nests were built in the eaves of the house. I'm sure some of you that maybe keep the grounds or clean the church, I'm sure when spring and summer arrive, you probably see those nests uh, around, around here, maybe in the eaves like David was talking about. And uh, David was saying that his love was so rich for God's house that he wanted to live there as the sparrow. Just as the sparrow had those nests and uh, in the eaves or the rafters of the of the tabernacle during this time, that's where they lived. That's where they always were. I get leery about these that that only want the house of God every now and then. They only show up and, and they only show up once a month. They only show up when it's a convenient or when it's a good time or when they can. I get in because David's saying somebody who, whose heart is truly right with God, they want to live there. They want to be there. That is where they long to be. That's his passion. It's what he said. It's where his heart always resided. Not so much for the building itself or for the atmosphere, but for the God that he loved. For the God that he loved. His passion to be in the presence of God was so strong. He desired to lay on the altars like the young swallows. 
They flew freely through the tabernacle and they were in the presence of God at all times. We see his passion. Then in verse 4, he counts it a privilege. He counts it a privilege to be where God dwells. Look at verse 4. Blessed are they, blessed are they. Blessed, he said, are they that dwell in thy house. It's a privilege. He said they will be pra- still be praising thee, Selah. That word Selah means to stop and to think about what he just said. He said, blessed are they that dwell in thy house. They will still be praising thee, Selah. It speaks of the privilege that he has to have a closeness to God, to have the liberty to praise God. And anybody, somebody that's consumed with God, somebody that's consumed with the house of God and filled with the fellowship of God, those are the ones that can praise God with a true heart. Those are the ones that can lift up their voice and thank the Lord. He counts it a privilege to have this closeness. In verse 5, he speaks of being able to trust in God's provision. Look at verse 5. He said, blessed is the man, blessed again is the man whose strength is in thee. Talking about God's provision, his providing. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee and whose heart are the ways of them. He speaks of a man that understands that, that God can provide the strength we need to overcome. The strength that you need to overcome the battles and the trials and the situations that you face. The strength that you need to overcome uh, whatever, the sorrow, the heartache. All of that strength is only found in the house of God, in God's presence. That provision. Oh, how important it is to keep our families in the house of God. How important it is for us to to remain faithful to the house of God for our life so that we don't fall apart in these last days. Verse 6, he speaks of walking in the paths of the Lord, but he also speaks of a plenteous supply that is found in the paths of the Lord. Look at verse 6. He said, Who passing through the valley of Baca make it a well, the rain also filleth the, the pools. This plenteous supply that is found in his path. He said, who passing through the valley of Baca make it well. Now he's still talking about the house of God. But what he's saying is the paths of the Lord will bring you to a well of plenteous supply in the dry valley like Baca. When times are hard, when the way is rough, God has a plenteous well of supply for them that love Him. When you're burdened down, when you're in despair, God has a plenteous well of supply for them that love Him and it's only found in the house of God. He said, the rain filleth, the rain also filleth the pools. That means that the paths of the Lord will give us a prosperous refreshing. God provides the rain of prosperous refreshing which filleth the pools that were once empty. In other words, praise God. He, what, he, what the psalmist is saying is he'll make a way when all we see is the emptiness of the valleys that we're facing. God will make a way. In verse 7, Now I said we're getting to verse 10. In verse 7 we find God's perseverance to the blessed. He said they go from strength to strength. Perseverance. Being able to overcome. They go from strength to strength. Every one of them in Zion appeareth before God. 
To all that peer before God, He is steadfast in His strength to give us the victory. You're going to find victory in the house of God. The sinner is going to get victory for their soul in the house of God. He said in verse 8, O Lord of hosts, uh, verse 8, O Lord, of, o Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer, give ear, O God of Jacob, Selah. He said in verse 8, He gives His ear to our prayers. Four times in the psalm he refers to God as Lord of hosts. That's a battle term. It speaks of one who is over the army that is sent into battle. And, and what are we sent to into when we leave this place? When we leave uh, God's house? We're sent into the battle. We're sent into the war of this world. And even when the battle rages and when we face hardships, he'll never send us into a battle that he hasn't already won. But what the psalmist understands is that our greatest weapon in our battle is prayer and that's what we do we come on Sunday, we come on Wednesday we come whenever we can to the house of God and we assemble ourselves together and we get ready for the battle when we leave the church, we get prayed up and we, and we get the help that we need to go and face the opposition that's outside of these four walls the house of God is a place of prayer O Lord of hosts, hear my prayer, give ear. Then in verse 9, he speaks of God's protection. Behold, O God, our shield. Look upon the face of thine anointed. God's protection. He refers to God as our shield, also known as a buckler, a word used for defense. When the enemy, so the, the prayer is the offensive weapon but he refers to God as our shield, our defense. When the enemy's fiery darts of temptation are flung our way, God is our shield. When all the world seems to be against us and we have nowhere to hide, God is our shield. When our faith is being tried and we don't know which way to turn, God is our shield. So the first nine verses of Psalm 84, the first nine verses consist of the psalmist praising God for not only what he's done, but for who He is and praising God for His presence, praising God for the house of God. But now we've come to our text verse and I'm done. Verse 10. The psalmist now that he's praised God for everything that he's praised Him for in the first nine verses, now he's going to make a comparison. And this is what I'm interested in. Verse 10. This comparison that he makes... He's going to compare all that he just described about what is found in the house of God. He's going to compare all that he just described to the pleasures of wickedness. He said, notice with me in verse 10, For a day, one day, a day in thy courts. Now we looked at those courts. A day in thy courts is better than a thousand. Now what he means by better than a thousand is better than a thousand days. A day in thy courts is better than a thousand. Better than a thousand days. It is to say that a one day, just one time in the house of God. Now that doesn't mean we just come one time and get enough for the whole year. That ain't one day to say 
But what he's saying is just one day in the house of God with the presence of God and everything that he just described in the first nine verses is better than a thousand. And he's pausing to make a statement in the midst of this comparison. Look at the statement that he makes. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. I had rather have the lowest position in God's house for just one day. If it was sweeping, if it was just opening the doors for the people to walk in. If it was sweeping the floors and not that there is any low position. I hope that you're not, we need every position in the house of God. I'm not saying that. But what we might think to be the lowest position, such as a doorkeeper. I believe that is the greatest act of, I believe that's a great act of service. And I believe God rewards every position in the house of God. But I'm just simply saying that David is, what David is saying, if, if I had this position, if it was just this, and this is the king, he had the highest position in the land. But if the position that I did have, what David is saying is the position that I did have, if it was just being a doorkeeper but still being able to praise God in the house of God if I could just feel that passion for him like we described in verse 2 if I could experience the privilege of worshiping him freely for just one day if I could just trust in his provision for just one day if I could walk in the paths of righteousness for just one day if I could find God's perseverance for one day if I could know that he's listening and hearing my my prayers just one day if I could have his protection for just one day if I had all that from God for just one day it'd be a better than a dwelling in the tents or in the, the highest places of wickedness in the pleasures of wickedness for a thousand days any of you that's ever truly been saved you know you know the preciousness of the house of God you remember what it was when you were lost and being in the pleasures of wickedness? And maybe some of you are still lost and you're unconcerned really about the house of God. You're just here because it's the right thing to do. You're supposed to be here. It's Sunday. But if you've ever truly been saved, this place is precious. Not the building itself or anything. The building itself is precious. We love everything about the building. And it, ha it all has its purpose. Your pew. Yeah, you, the altar, the pulpit, uh, the cross, the songbook, they all have their purpose. But what makes it so precious is it's where God dwells. It's where God's people are. It's where God's word is thundered out. I wonder, are you thinking of quitting? Does it just not seem like it once was? Are you fading from God's house are you questioning if it's really worth it in these days it just ain't like it used to be what about your children if we walk out today what hope is there for our children in this day well sure years ago I guess I didn't live years ago so I can't live in the past but what they tell me is 
Years ago, the church was so influential that maybe if that it was influential in the community, that maybe if there was a family that didn't go to church, the rest of the community made such an impact that uh, there was more opportunity for folks to get saved then that didn't go to the house of God. But we don't live in that day anymore. I'm making this point. What about your children? The house of God has the greatest has a great influence, but you're the ones that have the greatest influence on those around you, not just your children. If we step out of the house of God, we can say it's not going to affect nobody else but me. I'm going out on my own. It doesn't matter if I'm there. Nobody pays attention to me. Nobody came to visit me when I was in the hospital. Uh, Nobody showed up. But I can promise you that your life and your influence does impact somebody. It does impact somebody. Maybe your question is worth it. Is it worth it? Maybe you just... Notice, I'm done right here, the promise made in verses 11 and 12. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord, here's the promise, will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusteth in thee. I wonder this morning, how important is the house of God to you? If we could just have the piano player come. If she, if she would, please. She's going to play a song of invitation. Maybe the house of God just, maybe we hit the nail on the head when we said the house of God just isn't what it once was. And maybe you think about going somewhere else. Maybe you think somewhere else would be better. What you need right here in the house of God. If I know Brother Chad as I do, I know he preaches this Bible. And he'll help you and he'll feed you. And this is where you're going to get help this morning. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Maybe maybe you need to pray, and this is what I pray. Lord, keep me faithful. Help me to be faithful. My children's future is depending on it. Those around me are depending on it. Maybe you work with somebody that's lost. You come into contact with somebody every day that I'll never meet probably. And your life is influencing them one way or the other. You're influencing them. I wonder if you need to come pray. Just come pray around this altar. If you need This altar is a place of sacrifice and worship. Maybe you need to ask God to help you. Maybe you're going, I know what it's like to go through a trial. And you wonder if God's around. You question, was well, it worth it? I know what it's like to go through something and you feel like God isn't there when you come to the house of God. And I know what that's like. It seems like nobody cares about what you're facing. And it's hard to, it, that's a hard feeling to feel. And I understand how that does feel. While some's around the altar, maybe you need to come. This is the place that you can get help. Not that I could help you, but God can help you. David understood even through all his faults and failures and mess-ups, he understood where he had to go to get back in fellowship with God and get in the presence of God. There's sometimes David got bitter on God and the house of God wasn't as precious as it once was. We can find ourselves in that place. I tell you, if there's ever been a day to pray for your pastor, 
We live in some hard days. There's not many upcomers my age and Brother Chad's age coming along that'll preach you the truth. You need to pray for his wife, for his children. Pray for your church family. You need to be there for one another. You need to bind together in this day. Bind together. Fight the good fight of faith together. Anybody else need to come? Some still pray and they can pray as long as they need to. God is where we're going to get our help. Call out to Him. Whatever you need, call out to Him. Father, we thank You for the Word of God. Thank You for the help that we find in it. Thank You for the house of God. I'm thankful for Your presence, Lord, for knowing what we need, for knowing what we're facing. And Lord, sometimes it is hard. I'm glad that David said that you're our shield because David understood that there's a lot of pressure that we face on the outside. But there's just such a peace when we come into your presence. There's such help when we can get under the hearing of your word, when we can be assembled together with your people. And Lord, when we can most of all be in fellowship with you, Lord, we're thankful that we're, we belong to the church, the bride of Christ. Thank you for sending your son to die for us so that we could have this fellowship with you. Now, Lord, we pray that you'd strengthen the church, help the pastor, Lord, to bind together in these days, Lord, to win the loss that's around this community and, and those that we come in contact with and do that work that only you can. Help these families and these homes. Lord, keep them in the house of God. In this day, we thank you for your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, brother, you can close however you see fit.